The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoopball DFS Today. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by Miles Hartley, and today we'll be going over the slate for Sunday, December 15th, 2009, 2019 actually. And I am excited to be joined by Miles because he has been rolling in DFS lately, had a big night the other night. So, Miles, tell us about the big night you had on Thursday. Yeah, so it was Thursday night there. I threw a few lineups into DraftKings and into Fantasy Draft. I think I only had a total of seven lineups, but in the majority of those lineups, I had the one guy that was the break slater, which was uh, Seth Curry. And, I mean, we've been kind of talking about that uh, Dallas backcourt, and it's just kind of a pick-and-choose game at nights. And that night I decided, all right, I'm going to take Seth Curry. And, I mean, I had no expectations that he was going to give me 50 fantasy points. I was thinking, you know, you know, 25, 30 if I'm lucky. But he went out there, got 30 points, seven rebounds, and a handful of assists. So he absolutely crushed it for me. And I ended up placing ninth and 32nd out of 47,000 people on DraftKings. And uh, yeah, so it netted me some good money off of a 50 cent uh, entrance there. And then on the other side, on uh, Fantasy Draft, I came in first and second out of 900 people, which uh, also was only a 50 cent entry fee there for that and netted me about 50 bucks. So. Great night. Wish they could all be like that, but, you know, uh, that's why we're here, and hopefully we can get you guys some of those nights. That's right. So a lot of good takeaways. That, that's an excellent night. We're excited to chat about it. I mean, 47,000 entries. You came in ninth. That's just fantastic. And to do it with only seven lineups. So we know that you don't need to enter 100 lineups to have a big night. You just got to get the right guys. And so it was Seth Curry that night. I remember he was 3.4 on DraftKings. And I think moving forward, the key here for me is I just want to make sure you share this info with us. I mean, if you have a guy who's 3,400 on DraftKings and you're expecting him to get to go big, just can you share that with us before the slate starts? Oh, I'll try. You know, it's just sometimes <laughs> it's just that gut feeling. But, you know, those gut feelings don't always pan out. But um, it definitely panned out that night. And uh the one guy that if I had changed, it was I Kevin Porter Jr. as a small forward. If I had put in Mike Scott that night, I, I would have came second in that contest. The so one with 47,000? Yeah, that was my yeah. one blemish. Oh, on what night. a big blemish. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, no. With that in mind, you know what I think we should do as we get ready to talk about this slate on Sunday – the Sunday slate is six games, but it's broken down on DraftKings to a two-game slate and then a four-game slate. So I thought for a little fun on the two-game slate, we would encourage people to join us in a contest. And let's see if the listeners can take you down after your big night or if you're going to stay on top of the mountain here. So for anyone who wants to join us, there is a dollar contest on DraftKings with a 20-entry max. It's called the 8K and 1. It's for the 330 slate, that two-game slate. And first prize is 750 bucks, so not bad for a dollar investment. And uh, Miles and I will be on there. You can call it the Hanson Hartley Challenge. And uh, we'll have a little fun. We'll put some lineups in there. And if you get in there, then uh, just tweet us your best finish. 
and uh, we can celebrate that. For Twitter, make sure you follow Miles. He's M-Y-L-E-S 6565. You can find me at Language Olympic. And then be sure to follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And our man, Micah Patria at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. So for this two-game slate, Miles, let's get into it. The first game is Orlando at New Orleans. That's a 3.30 start. Why don't you tell me what you're thinking about the Pelican side? So on the Pelican side, I'm liking Drew Holiday. Um, he's been averaging 38 fantasy points over the past three games. Um, his assists and rebounds have been solid. He has struggled with his three-point shooting, though. Um, he's gone 6 of 28 over the past six games. Um I mean, if he can find his stroke from three-point land, he'll be hitting value no problem. And I mean, even without hitting those three-pointers, he's still getting you the value there. But yeah, if he can start hitting those, he'll be getting you that uh, 6x, 7x mark there. Um, And on a little side note here, I was looking through uh, his game log, and on December 5th, Fantasy or DraftKings gave him a negative stat. I mean, you don't see that very often, but he got minus one block. So I don't know (laughs) how he managed that. Um, I don't know if maybe he blocked his own teammate or something. I don't, I don't get how that happened, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. That's the stat of the day for sure. That's you get extra points for, for locating that. And we did the math before the show. It does seem that they subtracted two points for that from his fantasy point total. So, um, I don't recall, I, I know I played that night. I don't recall getting any notifications about stat corrections, but, but yeah, that's a first. So. Uh, you, you never know what you're going to see. Yes, yeah, I was pretty surprised to see that. Um, and then the other guy on that side I'm liking a lot is uh, Brandon Ingram. Um, I mean, he's just been balling out here. I mean, Orlando does have a good front court defense, and I imagine it'll probably be, I'm thinking maybe Jonathan Isaac, you know, the leading shot blocker that'll be on him. But, I mean, he still went out against Milwaukee, the number one defense, and he managed 40 fantasy points against them. And, I mean, the past month, there's only twice where he's failed to hit around 40 fantasy points or higher. Um, and one of those games was the blow game against Dallas where majority of those starters just all got like, I think 20, 25 minutes only. Um, the other guys I'm liking on the Pelican side are um, a little bit cheaper here. Um, I like a mid tier price guy, JJ Redick. Um, he started in the, he's been starting in the lineup there. They decided to bring ball and heart off the bench. And, I mean, whenever he's received 30-plus minutes, he has performed well. Um, I mean, he's primarily just, you know, a three-point specialist. But uh, if he gets hot, he'll uh, get you that value. The other guy I'm looking on that side is Josh Hart. Um, He's $4,100. Even though he's coming off the bench, um, he's been seeing anywhere from the mid-20s to the low-30s. And, I mean, he has struggled since coming back from that E injury, but he's been removed from that injury for quite a while now. And, you know, he's been playing better over the past three games here. And he's one of those guys that can get you, you know, 35 to 40 40 fantasy points on a night. So he's one of the guys I'm looking at. Um, Otherwise, not much else that I'm interested on the New Orleans side, just because the front court there is getting a little bit messy with uh, Derek Favors coming back. So, I mean, if he maybe was said to get like what they said, they'll lift his minute restrictions to 25 minutes. Maybe I'd be interested in him, but, I mean, he was on a 15-minute restriction last game, so I don't see it jumping that much. 
Um, what about you? Do you have any other takes on that side of the ball? No, the four wing players you mentioned are also my four favorite plays. Uh, Drew and, and Ingram are probably going to be in the vast majority of my lineups. I do like Hart's price tag at 4.1, uh, a little bit better than Redick. So he's going to be in a bunch of my lineups. I will get ball in some lineups at 4.8. It is a two-game slate, and certainly if we if we put all 20 entries in this in this 20-entry tournament, I'll have some Lonzo Ball entries. And then I agree with you on the bigs. I haven't heard any news, but we can't really play Favors, Hayes, or Okafor since they played 15, 18, and 15 minutes, respectively. I mean, they basically just split it into thirds, and you know we know that Orlando is solid defensively. They're they're top 12 in defense right now. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not planning on playing any of those bigs. Now, over on the Orlando side, the biggest piece of news in this two-game slate is Vucevic is a question mark. He's missed the last 11 games with an ankle injury. He might be back, though. So follow the news on this one. Thankfully, this is the first game of two. So we'll have the news well before tip-off. And that will make a big difference in the Orlando lineup. I was doing a little research and... The usage impact, if Vucevic is in, the two guys who see the biggest drop-off out of the starting lineup, that would be Mr. Fultz and Mr. Fournier. They both drop down eight or nine, six to eight percentage points. And interestingly, Gordon stays pretty flat, so not much of an impact. So keep that in mind when you're when you're sorting out the Orlando players that you want to get into your lineups. Um, without Vucevic in the picture, I do like Fournier at 6.8. You know the Pelicans are 27th in defense, so I would expect him to play well. And Gordon is probably a little bit higher priced than I'd like at 7.3. But he's the other guy I have circled. So he's my uh, second favorite Magic player. And then there are some interesting prices for these bench guys. DJ Augustine, 4.2. He hasn't really performed very well the last couple games, but you know maybe he'll bounce back here now that he's coming off the bench again. And Michael Carter-Williams, 3.4. He really is not a good shooter. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. But he's getting enough minutes where at 3.4 on a two-game slate, I'm going to have him in a couple lineups. And um, that's about it. I guess Ross at 4.5, um, he'll be in some lineups as well for me. How about you? What do you think about Orlando? Yeah, that was a pretty interesting stat when you said the usage drops there. I totally thought it was either going to be uh, Gordon or Isaac that were going to be taking the biggest hits. Um, the fact that it's, you know the kind of two guards there is uh, rather interesting. Yeah, that's um, why I mentioned it, because I, I had the same thought going in as well. I thought Gordon would take a big hit, but that's not, that's not in fact, what has happened. And then when you're talking about those uh, bench guys there, I like Terrence Ross quite a bit. Um, he's been playing, uh, you know, well of late here, um, receiving 27-plus minutes or more there um, over the past four games. And, I mean, he's getting his shot attempts in every game there. You know, he's been averaging around uh, 12 over the last month here. 
So he's one of the guys I like on that side of the ball. Um, and then besides that, yeah, I wasn't huge on too many of the uh, front court guys just because we didn't really know yet what was going to happen. And they have all been kind of priced up uh, since uh, the last couple games here. But, yeah, um, I, I like the call, too, if you yeah, going down to uh, Michael Carm Williams there with uh, 3.4. I mean, if you need the value, sometimes you have to kind of go to those players even if they can't shoot the ball. Yeah, and so that's certainly something to keep in mind. We should have some more value in the second game, so let's get to that. It's a 5 o'clock start. Charlotte traveling to Indiana. Right now, Indiana is favored by 11.5, over under 209.5. These teams played back in early November, and it was high scoring. It went to overtime. Charlotte won that one, 122-120. to 120. Um, It was... A little bit of a different lineup mix. Sabonis and Turner both missed that game. So with them in the lineup, that's probably the key reason that Indiana is favored by so much, not to mention they're a superior team. But um, we have some big news on the Charlotte side. P.J. Washington is going to be out with a broken finger. And Charlotte has played 28 games. P.J. Washington has played in all 28. So first time... He's not in the starting lineup. So, Miles, can you predict for us who is going to start in his place? I'm thinking uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has a really good shot of doing that. Um, I mean, the last two games with Marvin Williams being out, he's received 20 minutes a game. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if they will give him the starting gig or not, um, but I still see that his minutes are going to be above that 20 mark. And if he's getting anywhere between that 25 to 30 minutes, Mark, I think he can easily get you to that, you know, 25 to 30 point fantasy range. Um, probably more closer to that 25 one, though, I'd say. I don't think he's going to be a guy out there that's going to go out there and break the slate by any means. But um, in a two-game slate where you're limited and you want to, you know, cram in some of the more expensive players at 3,400, he's a good play. I also think maybe they uh, roll out Biombo and Zeller at the same time in the front court just to go against Sabonis and Turner. Um, they've been kind of splitting their minutes the last, uh, I think, three games here. And um, I think, you know, like I said, to match up against those guys, I, I like Biombo at 4,400 quite a bit. And if he can get, you know, close to that 30-minute uh, mark when Zeller was out, we saw what he can do when he's getting the minutes. So I like him. Then going to their backcourt, both Devontae Graham and Terry Rosier have been priced down uh, since, you know, last week here. Um, Devontae Graham at one point last week was at 9,000. Now he's down to 7,700. So I kind of like that price range a lot more for him. I wasn't jumping on the train when he was on that higher price tier, but now that he's come down a little, I have some interest in him in this two game slate. Um, I mean, he's been averaging a eight assists a game. And I mean, it surprisingly, it's, it was funny cause you're coming into the year thinking, okay, Terry Rozier is going to be their go-to guy, but now it's kind of turned to Devontae Graham. Um, so I like him at that price range. Then uh, once with that said, though, Terry Rozier at 6,600, he's also in price down. I mean, his floor seems to be around that 28 to 30 fantasy point mark. And then, I mean, his ceiling's at 50. So once again, that's another good value there. What do you have for that side? Yeah, it really is interesting. This is, I think, probably going to be the key to this two-game slate is, is navigating the news because, as you mentioned, in addition to P.J. Washington, Marvin Williams has been confirmed out. And it is right now it's Saturday night at 11.40 p.m. So 
hopefully we'll get some insight into who's going to start. But I, I agree. It could be MKG. They could go with, with Bismack uh, and Zeller starting, in which case Hernan Gomez would Hernan Gomez would come into the picture. He's only 3.1. Um, if they start those two big guys, you got to figure he's going to get some, some decent minutes off the bench. He's only played in eight games this season, but he would be that third big. Um, and you know what? I, I, I noticed something. You, you noticed the interesting stat on Drew Holiday. I noticed an interesting stat, so let me quiz you on something. How tall? How tall do you think Bismack Biombo is? Seven feet. You would think so, right? Starting center, strong guy, known as a as an excellent shot blocker, but he's listed at six eight, two fifty five, six eight. He, really? He really plays bigger than his listed size, so. You know, wow. I, I looked at that and I thought, well, maybe they'll play him at the four. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe they'll run him and uh, him and Zeller out there together. But um, it certainly could be somebody else like MKG. I think they could even start somebody like Batum. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different ways they can go. So we'll we'll keep our eye on that. Um, but I agree with you. You know, the the primary guy I have circled here overall is Devonte Graham. That price down below 8K for the for the first time in a while at 7.7. That's certainly attractive, and interesting on this slate overall that the highest price guy is only 8.5, and that's Vucevic, and he might not even play. Yep. So uh, that's one of the reasons I like this this two game slate so much is you can really do a lot of mixing and matching. But as for the rest of the group here, um, I do have my eye on on uh, on Cody as a potential value play at 3.0. He's been getting good minutes with Batum out. Cody Martin, are you talking about? Yeah, Cody Martin. And make sure you do pick the correct Martin. It's Cody, not Caleb. Um, Caleb has only played in four games. Cody has played in 19. But Cody has decent upside at 3.0 if he's going to get some run. He actually had 11 rebounds in the game against... Indiana earlier in the season, which is another odd stat um, for a guy who's not averaging many rebounds. But I like his game. So, uh, you know, a two-game slate, he could be a value play here. Monk, just getting back into the rotation here, only nine minutes last time out, but he's 3.3. You could look at him. But uh, you may not need to if we get a value with one of these bigs. So, And if we get some good news on, you know, more concrete news on who is going to start and what to expect that will definitely uh, dictate who you're going to be leaning more towards. Exactly. Exactly. So over on the Indiana side, I don't think we have any big news to consider. So we are looking at the, the core plays for me are Sabonis at 8.4. You know, we do, we do like to target the Charlotte front court. Brogdon is 8.1. He, he played well against Charlotte earlier in the season. And I think a lot of these other guys are at a fair price that's somewhat attractive. Lamb, like too. You know, Lamb is ramping back up. Doesn't seem to have quite as much upside right now as TJ Warren, who's only $300 more at 5.6. Warren's getting a few more shot attempts. But these bench guys, too. I mean, Holiday 3.5, McConnell 3.7. You know, they're playing around... 20 minutes most nights. Justin Holiday, you're talking about, right? Not Aaron. 
Well, both. both. I was talking about Aaron. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah but ju- yeah, Justin, uh, 3.6. I don't like him quite as much. And even Doug McDermott, 3.4. So, you know, if I'm doing 20 lineups, all of those guys will get in at least one of my lineup for sure. Um, because they do play enough consistently. And if, if this is trending towards a bit of a blowout, they should get a couple extra minutes, but who's jumping out for you for the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, when he said Sabonis, it's, it's not even the front court that it would make me play him. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I've almost played Sabonis on every slate that he's been on, I think. He's just been, you know, balling out. And, uh, I mean, he's pretty much taking the job away from Miles Turner. And then, yeah, I had Malcolm Brogdon as well. I like him. He's just super efficient player. He does it all. And, I mean, the last two games, he's almost had 50 fantasy points. And then, yeah, with the, you talked about Lamb and TJ Warren. Uh, yeah, the guy I liked the most of those yeah, was TJ Warren. Um, you know, he's usually fairly dependable. I mean, he does have some down games, but then on the opposite of that, he has some pretty big up games. So at 5,600, I like him. Okay. Terrific. Yeah, and then, yeah, of course, like I said, with this two-game slate, you are going to be kind of looking through the value players there and just, you know, trying to decide which one you think is going to be the one that's going to hit the value for you. Well, you you are the king of the 3.4-ish <laughs> DraftKings price tag. So g- give me your favorite play out of those four guys. Aaron those Holiday, TJ McConnell, Justin Holiday, or Doug McDermott? I mean, if it starts to go to a blowout situation and they start resting the like starters a bit more, I, I do like TJ McConnell a lot just because, yeah, he's one of those players who uh, can get you boards and re- or gets, uh, rebounds, assists. I mean, his shootings are too crazy. But, I mean, I've seen that guy get a triple-double before. So he's kind of one of those guys I like if it does go in that direction. Um, but I still think I'd be looking more on the uh, Charlotte side for the value, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. That that certainly makes sense. But, all right, I'm, I've got him circled. T.G. McConnell, 3.7. <laughs> and, you know, he certainly does get, get more assists here recently off the bench. He's handling the ball a lot and distributing. So we yeah. do like that. So, all right, well, there's the two-game slate. Again, join us on DraftKings in that 8K and 1, and uh, we'll see if, if one of the listeners can take it down. Yeah, All right, let's, awesome. yeah, that certainly would. All right, so let's transition to the second slate. And I do want to take a moment and recognize our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. You can find them at hawaiianisles.com. I am in dire need of visiting that website and, and placing my next order. I didn't get any coffee this morning uh, of that beautiful blend because I was on the road. I made a trip up to Maine for a family birthday party, and I could use some Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee right now. If, if you heard the beginning of the show, I don't even know what year it is. So I'm in dire need of that. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that in the morning. Um, so please do follow them. And as we get started on this four-game slate, um, I do want to mention that the, the one of the exciting things for tonight, Saturday night, was involved LeBron. And he's on this second slate. And he traveled to Ohio, Ohio to see his son, Bronny, play against his alma mater. And Bronny scored a, a career-high 15 and he had the go-ahead basket in the last minute. So uh, a big night for the James family. And LeBron is questionable. Um, 
Miles, I'd like to just jump in and do this game first. Um, LeBron is questionable with a sore right elbow, uh, but he, you know, he chartered a flight up to Ohio, and now he's going to have to travel back to Atlanta. So we'll see if he goes. That that'll be a a big turning point on this second slate uh, with the news of LeBron being in or out. But let's take a look at this. L.A. at Atlanta game. It's one of the six o'clock starts. And I'm going to let you describe your thoughts on the Lakers for us. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, too, if LeBron does get ruled in, you know, coming off of home from a game like that, you know, he just watches kid go out there and uh, destroy the competition. So maybe he'll want to go and do the same thing against Atlanta if he's playing. But if LeBron is ruled out, I have a lot of interest in Anthony Davis at, uh, 10.6. 10.6. I mean, he does have the um, questionable tag, but I mean, he's been getting that every single game with the same, I think it's right shoulder soreness. And I mean, he's played every game with that tag. So that doesn't worry me at all. And if LeBron's out, he's going to be one there. He will be their go-to guy. Um, and then on the same side of that, as if he's out and Rajon Rondo is playing, it says that he has a, he's questionable, but he's, he's got a probable along with that. Um, and if he's getting 25 to 30 minutes in a starting role, I mean, we've seen it here. I think that was, uh, was it a couple of weeks ago when he went up for, I think, 46 or 50 fantasy points and had a triple-double? I, I like him a lot. He's one of those players that can just do a bit of everything, um, and he's a really good facilitator. I think it was, uh, when, was that one or two years ago when he was on the Pelicans, and I think he had 20 assists in the game. Um but uh, then besides that, I haven't really written anybody else down here. Um, I mean, uh, Codwell Pope at 3,700, I believe. He's going to be getting a bit more minutes since, um, i trying to think right now. Kuzma's out. Kuzma is out. Yep. So he'll get his minutes. And, I mean, he can be a solid producer at times, but he can also be a bit of a dead at times. But at $3,700, he's a good value play for you. Um then besides that, I don't have anybody else written down. What about you? Yeah, I'm right with you. I, I agree. I think LeBron, after that big night, is going to want to keep the family name <laughs> strong and, and follow up his son's performance on ESPN3 with a big performance of his own. He also played very well in the early season matchup when these two teams faced off in L.A. The Lakers won that one pretty easily, 122-101. to 101. He really went off. AD didn't do quite as much. So if LeBron is in, I'm going to play him more than Anthony Davis. And I agree with you. I'm just sort of a, a sucker for Rondo. And he, you know, basically anytime he's under 5K, um, we, we know that he's certainly a triple-double type guy. He's not getting more than 24, 25 minutes usually. And I don't like that he was 0 for 4 from three-point land last game out, didn't make any field goals. Because um, it, it really is nice if he can get you at least 8 to 10 points. But 4.6 is attractive for him, and I'm with you. I also had Pope circled at 3.7. He's been shooting well, and uh, you know he's a real nice value play on this slate. So let's let's flip over to the Atlanta side. Trey Young at 9.6. I do like that a lot. Uh, we've got Embiid in that similar price range. I'll be taking Embiid in that price range. <laughs> yeah, I think but I do. I, I think I like. If, 
LeBron is out, then I would have more interest in Trey. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I like Embiid a little bit more than Trey Young, but um, certainly, again, four-game slate, so we'll have some Trey Young in our lineups. And then interesting price tags for the rest of these Hawks. I like yes. Herter. I like Herter at 4.0. He did get to 30 minutes last time out, didn't shoot that well, but uh, I'd like to buy low here on him with his price and his minutes going up. Alan Crabb, interesting, at 3.0. He got 25 minutes. I think he's worth a look as a value play. Hunter, 4.5, is solid. And then I probably don't want to spend 6000 on Parker. I'd probably fade Reddish in favor of Herter. Uh, Alex Len has been playing well, but 4.7 is a little bit too much for my liking. And his minutes aren't really that high either and we all know what Alex Lynn can do he and you know like you said he can have good games but then you know next game it's just down the toilet right what what are your other thoughts on the Hawks um yeah all the guys you hit on there were all guys I looked at um I I didn't mind Cam Reddish but I do think you are right with saying that uh of those two I think Kevin Herter is the better player um I know that uh, yeah, Dan has been talking about him quite a bit, saying that he was going to be rolling into a more of a uh, point forward position, so he'll be ball handling a bit more. And if he can get those assists, that'll definitely uh, boost up his value in any format. So I like that call at 4K. Um, and yeah, I like DeAndre Hunter just because his miss has been pretty big here. I mean, I think last game he had 37 minutes, so I like him too. Okay, great. Well, let's move to the other 6 o'clock game. This is Philly. Traveling to Brooklyn, the Nets are on a back-to-back. They played Toronto tonight, Saturday night. And this is a five-point spread. Philly the favorite, over-under set at 217.5. First time these teams have met this season. Miles, tell us about the Sixers. Yeah, so I'm I'm liking Embiid a lot. I know he's been priced up a bit from where he was at 9900 but but... Um, on the past two games here, he's been on fire. And uh, it was after uh, Shaq had called him out saying that he needed to do more. And, I mean, he went out and did just that on that. It was actually that Thursday night slate, too. I had Embiid in a whole bunch of spots, and he went out there and he got 64 fantasy points. I think he had 38 points and 13 boards. So, yeah, he went out there and just destroyed. I guess he didn't like uh, Shaq calling him out. Um, so, I mean, once again, we always go back to that narrative with Brooklyn. It's just, you know, a good center going against the Brooklyn I even I had to go look at the stat lines because we always say that you know they they do terrible against uh, big men, but I had to go just check it out and see how they were faring compared to other teams. And you know they're actually right in the middle of the pack right now. The two worst teams against centers currently are the Clippers and the Mavericks. And I mean, uh, Carlton Towns kind of proved that point the other night there against the Clippers when uh, was that you and um, Mike who had called saying that you were, you were taking Carl Anthony Towns? I think that was probably Mike and Coach. Mike and Coach, okay. But yeah, um, they, they liked him. Actually, no, you're right. That was Mike and I. We we said, you know what, yes, this is a cat night. And it was. Yep. <laughs> you're right. Yep. So, but yeah, regardless though, Embiid in play, I think he's going to be close to one of my kind of lock and load guys. Um, the other guy I like on this side, this kind of depends on if Horford is ruled in or out. If Horford is ruled out, I like Tobias Harris at 7,700. Um, I mean, he's just been in a groove the last four games here, scoring over 40 fantasy points over that stretch. 
Um, and then Ben Simmons at 9,300 is just, it's a little too steep of a price for me on him. I mean, I know he can go out there and do it, but I just, I'm not that, that is not liking that one. Um, the one guy though, I have interest in on this size of kind of a lower mid tier here is Josh Richardson. Um, he's priced at 4,600. He has been on main restrictions the past three games, but if that gets raised or lifted this game, I like him a lot at 4,600, uh, especially going against a, uh, a Brooklyn defense and I mean a tired Brooklyn team probably being on this back-to-back interesting okay yeah so we have some a couple different thoughts here I'm with you on Embiid um, I also don't really like the price tag of Ben Simmons at 9.3 so I don't plan to have much exposure to him Tobias his price has gone up a little bit he certainly has. has been playing well I that price tag jumped out at me as a little bit too high for my liking um then we do need to consider, again, as you mentioned, Horford still questionable with the knee and the hamstring. If he's out, we can expect Mike Scott to get another start. He's only 3.6. You know, his price has been bumped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's worth considering. But then, you know, an interesting pivot. Have been, uh, I would say his minutes have been slowly declining over the last two games just because Richardson's making his way back a bit more, too, I've noticed. Yeah, we've got sort of that trio of shifting minutes yeah. with with Scott and Richardson and also Thibel. Yes. I may I may pivot from Scott to Thibel and and hope that Thibel actually scores a little bit to go along with his defensive stats in this one and and um, but both guys worth considering. And I yeah, haven't he's been, one of those guys Thibel that I like, but I always struggle getting him right too. I remember there's when I, I, I said on the cast, I said, yeah, I like him at this point. You know, like go out there, get him. And that night he went out there. He was struggling a bit and then he rolled his ankle. Didn't hit value at all. Next game, they had a questionable tag, came out, and I think he scored like 30 fantasy points. Right. So I, I just, I struggled getting that guy right. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't knock you for uh, making that call on him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, over on the other side, we've got these nets on the back to back. Kyrie Irving still out. So Dinwiddie leading the charge at 8.2, and he has been extremely consistent. Not a huge fan of him in this matchup against Philly's top five defense. Actually not really a fan of any of these nets. I think their prices are just right at that point where they sort of make sense. Allen up to 6.9. You know, I might play him a little bit. Torian Prince at 5.8 is one guy that I have a little bit more interested in, but I'm going to throw out a name here as a as a sleeper, a guy who could be a nice little value play on this slate. Coming out of nowhere, a guy that people aren't going to have on the forefront of their mind, that's Wilson Chandler. He is min price. He has been suspended for the last 25 games for using a banned growth hormone. But he is supposed to be back. And I read a quote from Coach Atkinson saying, we will throw him to the wolves, so to speak. So, you know, Wilson Chandler is a guy that, you know, he may play 20 minutes and and do very, very little. But he also could give us 7-8x return. So I'm going to get him in a couple of my lineups. What are your thoughts on the Nets? I say I had exactly the same take with you on everything, but I didn't even, I was like, I was very down on them. I had faded them completely, essentially. Um, Because, yeah, 
Dinwiddie has been playing great, but yeah, I was also not that high on him and also just at his price of 8200 But yeah, with that call on uh, Wilson Chandler, I didn't, I didn't know that he was coming back this game. And I mean, yeah, he's coming back from a ped suspension. And I mean, that, I mean he, that means he's just been training, essentially, right. waiting right. to get back on the court. So it's not like he's coming back from an injury or anything. He's just been suspended. So he could come back in and play 30 minutes even. Um, and he is one of those guys, yeah, he can go out there and do nothing. But on the flip side of that, he can go out there and do a whole ton. Because there was, um, I don't know if it was last year or a couple years before that, there was a year there where he was pretty hot and very consistent for a majority of the year. And I think he was a starter um, for a lot of that time. I think that's when he was on, was it the Nuggets he was on before? Yeah, he's, he's had some big minutes for the Knicks and the Nuggets. Yeah. Yep. So I like that call a lot. That's. Uh, I think that might actually end up being one of the best value plays of the night. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right, let's go to game three. Speaking of the Knicks and Nuggets, they are facing off in the Mile High City at 8 o'clock Eastern. Let's see here. The Nuggets are on a back-to-back. They played tonight against OKC. And the Knicks have been out on the West Coast showing some signs of life under yes. under coach Miller but they are 6 and 20 <laughs> and they are 10 and a half point underdogs over under of 206 in this game what do you think about the Knicks on this Sunday night matchup so yeah last time out they struggled against them it turned into a blow game um, and I don't think any of the starters saw over you know 25 minutes um and the, uh, another thing is, too, yeah, they're traveling to Denver, so they're going to be at that higher altitude, which is also uh, can be rough on some players. But I'm kind of going to approach with this one where I'm, I'm going to be targeting more of the mid-tier and l- lower-tier price guys, um, just in case something like that might happen. Um, one of my favorite plays on this game here is uh, Alfred Payton. Um, at 4,400, he's been slowly kind of taking over that point guard position I think he keeps on winning the you know trust of uh, Coach Mike Miller there even more and more. And, I mean, he had started out the year as being their uh, starting point guard. He'd won that job. But then I think two games later, he got his hamstring injury. He's been out for, you know, that was like a month and a half or something. Um, but, yeah, he's been amping it up the last couple of games here. And, I mean, I thought I am just, for some reason, I'm biased towards Alfred Payne. I've always just kind of liked him. Um, and he's just one of those guys that can get, you know, rack up the assist, um, can get a decent amount of rebounds. And I mean, his points are, can be hit or miss, but uh, his other stats are pretty good. The other guy I'm liking is Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, as well as like we said, coach Mike Miller there. Um, he's been getting, earning more consistent minutes now. Um, he's been more in that 25 to 30 range. I mean, he's not super cheap at 5,900, but he's one of the guys that I have some interest in. And then the one other guy on that side is uh, RJ Barrett. Um, his results have varied quite a bit since uh, the new coach has come into play here. Um, his minutes haven't, though, but just his play has. He's had some, I think he's had two very up games and then two down games. Um, but yeah, that's what I have on the New York side. I mean, I. I really like how Julius Randle has been playing the last few games, but looking at the last time they're out, he struggled against this team. Um, and he's been priced up a bunch now just because he has performed well since the new coach has taken over. 
What are your thoughts on the New York side? Well, those are the same four names I had written down as, as possibilities. So we're looking at this through the same lens. Peyton has had two straight over 25 fantasy points. So you're looking at a 6x return at 4.4. I'll, I'll repeat the same thing that Micah Patria cautioned us all about before the last slate that the Knicks were on, and that is that Dennis Smith Jr. could be back in the picture. So we'll see if he's active. He did not play in the last game, but that could cut into Peyton's uh, minutes. I, I really like Randall. I, I wish he was under 7K, but he did lead the team in shots last time out, 10 for 17. He's had two straight games over fantasy, 40 fantasy points. So I'm going to have some Julius Randall in my lineups. And, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Robinson, 5.9. He played well in this matchup last time. It's a little bit more than I'd like to pay for him, but uh, he's worth considering. Same thing with R.J. Barrett. Over on the Denver side, you know, as you as you sort of referenced, the last time these two teams played, it was 129 to to 92 in New York, a blowout. Both teams really only played their guys about about 24 minutes, and you know, Denver is on a back to back here, but but they're at home. I would expect them to have a, an easy time with the Knicks again. And, you know, for that reason, I'm I'm not looking as much at these Denver starters. Even though Jokic tonight had a triple-double uh, after just 26 minutes of playing time. So, uh, nice outing for the big fella there. Um, also, I haven't had a chance to check the final box score, but I know Coach and Mr. Apatria had a challenge going with uh, Murray and Chris Paul. It was with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was pretty close. So we'll see how that turned out. I have one uh, little side note here too. Nothing to do with these games, but uh, Bam Adebayo went out again and got another triple double tonight. Did he? Yeah. Well, that game went to overtime. In right? overtime again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nicely done. Points, Eleven boards and ten assists. Well, Coach and Apatry were all over that one too. So good call there. Um. So getting back to the Nuggets bench, you know, Morris has been playing really well. He's up to 4.1, so I'm not thrilled about that. But my best value play out of this game is Plumlee, 3.7. He really fared well in this matchup in New York. He went for 11, 11, and 6. And if if Denver has an easy easy edge here and they give him sort of balanced minutes on the second night of a back-to-back, I like, I like Plumlee again. And we do have to keep an eye on Millsap. He didn't play tonight. He's questionable with a quad injury. So that'll be news to monitor as well. You have any uh, other thoughts on the Nuggets? Um, yeah. Sorry. Did you mention anything about Jeremy Grant on that side? I didn't because just because we don't know if he's going to start. He, I know he started tonight. And then Hernan Gomez got some minutes. But, okay. you know, he'll, he'll go back to the bench if Millsap is playing. Yes, he is one of the guys I have some interest in just because, yeah, Millsap's uh, minutes have actually just been trending down lately. And if it does turn into another blow game, I think he'll get some more run. Um, and, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know actually how he well or poorly he performed tonight, but, I mean, he is one of those guys that can, you know, get out there and get you those 30 to 35 fantasy points if he has some minutes. Yeah, he is up to 4.7, though. And he is. And yeah. I'm not thrilled about that, and and I was on him in that game against Portland, but he shot five for six from three-point land, and so I don't think we can expect that to happen again. 
Um, but, but yeah, you know, certainly could be a big opportunity for him if, if Millsap is out again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, besides that, I agree with all your call there about, I think, yeah, I think a lot of those uh, Denver uh, starters have been overpriced. Um, I think, yeah, they bumped uh, uh, Jamal Murray up a whole whack ton here to 6,700 and then uh, Will Barnes at 7,100. I, I don't have a ton of interest. Yeah. Like if it goes like it has been where they just kind of split the minutes there. Um, and yeah, that that's, and Jokic, you know, he could go out there and do great in those limited minutes, but, uh, he, was he at 8,900? Correct. Yeah. Um, so I still do have some interest in him, but just not a ton. Okay. All right. So let's go to the final game on the slate. It's an 8:30 Eastern start. We have the Kings traveling to play Golden State. This is the first matchup between these two teams this year. Sacramento favored by three. Not a very high total, 210 and a half. Uh, two teams who are under 500. We've got Coach Walton going back to face his old squad. And, Miles, you've had all of the visiting teams here on this four-game slate, so let's keep it rolling. Share your thoughts with us on the Kings. So, yeah, on the Kings side here, um, I'm liking uh, Buddy Heald. Um, I mean, he has been priced equivalent to 8,400, but uh, he's been balling out here. He's uh, been averaging uh, five and a half three-pointers over the past four games. Um, and, I mean, he's going against one of their worst defenses in the league. And, yeah, it's just, he's one of those guys I like. I'm not in love with the price, though. Um and then going to the Kings front court, that has been a mess ever since Marvin Bagley has come back. Um, so I definitely have some GBP interest in some of these front start guys, but there's some guys that I just wouldn't play in cash games. Um, so Holmes at 4,800, I like him for some GPP plays just because we have seen what he's been capable of. But for some reason, they keep on wanting to play Bagley at the five when originally they said they were going to kind of, you know, switch him between the four and the five, but lately all of his minutes be coming in the backup center role. Um, I don't know why that is, but that's just the way they've been going with it. I would like to, you know, of course, see, I think I'd like to see uh, Marvin Bagley at the four and uh, Holmes at the five, and I'd like to see that starting lineup a lot more. But we'll have to see what, uh, yeah, coach thinks there. Um, and then I also like uh, Bogdanovich at 4,400. Uh, he hasn't been playing the best lately, but with uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, ruled as uh, doubtful, I still think he can get you some value there. Um, and then for cash games in that front court, the one guy I still have some interest in, and I mean, his uh, minutes have just stayed constant, and they haven't really been uh, hurt too much with this uh, front court shuffle going on, is uh, Harrison Barnes. Uh, he's priced at 5600 so I think that's a fair price for him. He's one of those guys that can go out there and get you 40 fantasy points on the night. And especially going against this uh, struggling uh, Golden State team. What about you? What do you got to take on this uh, Kings side? Yeah, before I forget, I, I agree. Harrison Barnes is absolutely a cash play. I don't know if I ever play him in tournaments. He is much more of a consistent guy. He just doesn't have that ceiling. But certainly somebody always worth considering in cash games because he, he gets consistent minutes and consistent production. But you're right. The, the first big piece of news here for the Kings is that Fox is still doubtful. So I've been breaking down this game, assuming he will not play. And and again, I'm with you, really, with your analysis, because Heald has been excellent. His minutes have been secure. 
His usage has been secure, but massive price bump. He's, he was low seven Ks and, and now up to 84, which is which is tough. But, uh, you know, my the first shell lineup that I built, it does have Buddy Heald and Bogdanovich. I'm going to go back to the Bogdanovich well again. 4.4 is just way too chip for him. He shot well in the last game. He didn't do much else besides score, but he did play 29 minutes. So I'm, I'm going back to that well for sure. And on the front court, it's interesting because we, we have a bit of a mess with these minutes, as you described. But all the price tags went down. And so now they're just – they're like these little – you know, these little carrots. They're just uh, – They're just, to take it. Just do you want to take a little nibble? And, you know, seeing Holmes at 4.8, seeing Bagley under 6K, Bialita only 5.3K. I, I think they're all worth considering. Um you know, at their previous price tags, the last slate out, I mentioned it, I, I was going to fade them. Uh, but now the prices are getting getting more attractive for sure. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. And I think it'll I think it'll shake out here over the next few weeks with Bagley. He'll he'll start getting more minutes. Um, and that is going to be a fun story to watch and an important story to watch because all three of those guys have have really good upside. So over on the Golden State side. We've got Draymond coming back into the lineup after his triple-double against New York. He took the last game off. We've got Eric Paschal questionable with the hip injury. He's only 4.6. If he plays, I don't think you could ignore him. Draymond at 6.5 is is attractive, of course, with his triple-double upside. And if Paschal's out, I, I like Draymond even more. And we've got to look at the wings and the guards here. Uh, again, uh, Micah Patria loves to talk about wing players against Sacramento. So Alec Burks at 6.1, that price tag is is creeping up a little bit, but uh, I would give him a look. Uh, Russell, 7.9. I'm not quite as excited about him on this slate as I was, uh, you know, more recently. And Glenn Robinson, the third, I never really go there, but at 4.5, I think he's worth a look. I'm going to stay away from all the other bigs. Um, just kind of a mess with with the minutes with all those guys. Looney still being on restriction. Willie Cauley-Stein, Spellman. Um, so I'm not going to play any Marquise of those guys. Chris. Yeah, Marquise Chris. Yeah, there's um, so with, many of them. Yeah, with Draymond coming back and Pascal questionable, I'm not going to play any of the, any of the other bigs. What are your thoughts on the Warriors? Yeah, so I'm pretty much agreeing with you on almost everything there. Um, yeah, like the that Alec Burks call, I kind of forgot about that whole uh, narrative that Mike had brought up before, and uh, it seems to be a thing. Um, I do like D'Angelo Russell, though. Um, I know he has been priced up, but, I mean, you just you know what he's able, capable of with uh, no Steph Curry out there. Um, he's their main defensive threat. Um, so at 7900 I'm still willing to pay that price for him. And then I like Draymond Green a lot here since he's coming off that rest day. And he seems to be a little bit more engaged now that uh, D'Angelo Russell's back. Um, maybe just because he feels like they have a bit more of a chance of actually winning some games. They maybe play <laughs> more, uh, you know, effort in. And yeah, at 6500 I think that's a fair price for him for what he can do. Yeah, they haven't done much winning, have they? They only have five. But I yeah. think it could be a They're, fun little... A it's, fun little... It's, it's bad when you're doing worse than the Knicks. Yes, they, they have six wins. You're right. That is that is not good. And who would have predicted that before the season? But man, those injuries have been a killer for Golden State. But I, I do think it could be a fun dynamic with 
Coach Walton coming back into town. You know, I think Coach Coach Kerr would really be hoping to get win number six here against his former mate on the bench there. So, um, all right, I want to ask you one more comparison here before we wrap up. Um, Alfred Payton against Bogdanovich. They're in separate games, but they're both they're both four point four. So let's just say Dennis Smith Jr. is not going to play. Not going to play. Do you like Peyton at 4.4 or Bogdanovich at 4.4? That's tough. Um, I think I like Peyton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think I like Peyton. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think the whole reason, too, that I'm leaning towards a lot, because like I said, I'm always biased toward Peyton, but it's also just been their, their trends kind of as well, whereas, you know, Payton's kind of trending up and Bogdanovich to me has been kind of trending down. But, I mean, we all know how that could go, but yeah, I'm liking Payton. <laughs> all right, we'll see. You know, I think the tiebreaker for me, you're right on the trends, but we, you know, again, we do have the number two ranked defense for the Nuggets, and, yes. and Bogdanovich will be facing the 25th ranked defense of Golden State, so and, I'm hoping uh, my man Bogdanovich comes through for us. That uh, Nuggets defense is a especially tough on uh, backcourt, so, you know, yep, that could be 100% correct on that call. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch it play out. Any other thoughts on this six-game slate before we tie a bow on this? I think we've hit almost every single player that has some value, and we've hit on all the um, – you know, news points to watch out for, um, you know, make sure you're following all that news right up until lock. Like coach always says, this is a, was it a three part process? Yeah. Yes. Listen to us. You start building your shell lineups and then you're following the news throughout the day, right up to lock. That's how we're going to, that's how we're going to build towards this six game slate. And uh, do, do join us in the, the Hanson Hartley challenge on the opening slate and uh, share your results with us. Again, Miles is M-Y-L-E-S-6565 on Twitter. You can find me at Language Olympic. Certainly tag Coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I and Mike at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A and follow all the news at Hoop Ball Fantasy. So without further ado, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you very much for joining us on this Sunday slate, Sunday, December 15th, 2019. For Miles Hartley, I am Andrew Hansen. Join us again tomorrow on Hoopball DFS Today. Good luck, guys, and have fun. This has been a Hoopball presentation.